have a lot to get to today, mainly some Coyotes and Cardinals, but we'll get to that in a second. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you decided to make Big Sky Sports talk a part of your day, my family and I greatly appreciate it. You've found the only podcast in the world that is completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market. What makes us a little bit differently than anybody else is we do things out of town. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We also cover ASU football, ASU basketball, USL Championship Soccer with the Phoenix Rising, and the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury, all available to you Tuesday through Saturday. And it is Wednesday, another week, half over, and um, hump day as as they call it, and um, a busy day. Uh, Day tomorrow night, which uh, you'll hear about in the uh, two-minute warning. That'll be coming up. But uh, it's uh, um, a week, like I said, half over. It's already Wednesday, so hope your Tuesday was good. Um, and, you know, even though it was a couple days ago, I hope hope, hope your Monday was good. Hope the um, week has, has gotten off on the right foot um, for you. That that's that's the hope. Excuse me, I had a um some uh air bubbles in in my stomach that I released via um a hiccup and a burp. So just too much information, but you know, don't wanna do it on the air. Um Let's see. My week has gone pretty good. Uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, today, um, at some point in time today, I'll be meeting up with my sister and we will um, be picking up a new air hockey table for the youth, as I mentioned uh, yesterday. Just un- unheard of, un- you know, just no- not normal, but something I'm excited about that, that my sister you know, wants to do and, and I'm partner partnering with her. So I'm excited about that. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't think I have anything, um, big news related. I I thought I did, um, earlier today when I was thinking about what I was going to say and what the show was going to be, be about. And, and if I had anything for, for this time and, and my, Greeting to you, um, and I thought there was something, but uh, there, there's not. Um, I well, I will say this: my 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 aunt did ask me um, if you know. She said, "What's going on with work? Tell me about work." And and uh, the only thing I can think of is just how um, frustrated I am with a couple of the different things, um, but. You know, some some of it's out of my control, but it's just a uh, a frustrated thought more so than than anything. And that is, um, new district manager is is taken over, and I think it's a she. From what I heard, is a she, and, and um, uh, something I thought we always did, but apparently not. But um, we are working everything that is due. Um, usually we would have like a cutoff time if if a trailer got uh, to the yard um, after nine we would just take care of it the next day and so instead we're doing everything 
that is due for the day. Um, so a lot of times that will be, um, um, that will be just kind of waiting around until they get there. And what a lot of these trailers are doing, and this is where the frustrated part comes in, but it's beyond my control, but more of a, the thought process is what frustrates me is they've been stopping in, in Lockwood, a lot of them. Lockwood is about, eh, 15, 20 minutes away um, from the uh, Billings Hub. And uh, um, so they're stopping to get a gas station burrito or stopping for something. And what makes it so frustrating is more than likely, that's like, you know, when they drop the trailer, it's like their last one unless they're, you know, going to pick something up. Um and, and, you know, drive it somewhere else. Um, but even if you're doing that, you know, go ahead and, you know, stop after you after you pick up the trailer. Uh, I mean, that's at the beginning of your trip. It's to be expected to get your energy drinks or your coffee or whatever and, and go about your business. But if you're like, your day's done, you don't have to wait for us to unload it. You just drop the trailer and go and go home. Or, you know, go to your hotel room or wherever you're going as a as a truck driver. I mean, just to me, the thought process is why, you know, stop 20 minutes until you're basically done. You know, done with work. Or at least, you know, done with that, that uh, the load you're hauling. Um, you know, just power through, drop the trailer, go home or do what you're going to do. Or if you got to take another one, pick it up, get out of there. And then, you know, make your first stop on the way out. You know, there, there's a couple of stations on the way out you can stop by. Um, and, and, you know, it, to me it seems a little bit more appropriate if you're, like I said, if you're picking something up and, and, you know, hauling through the night, that it makes, you know, more appropriate to kind of do it, you know, before you get going, you know. Just like you, any of us that travel, you get your road snacks and use the bathroom and whatever, do all that at the beginning, and then you get as far as you can until you need to, you know, stretch out and go to the bathroom or whatever. Um, but the last leg of the trip, just like anybody else, um, even if it's work-related, you're, you're just ready to be done or at least done with that task. And just it's just frustrating. So, you know, they, they stop and they take forever, and, and then they get here and, you know, we got to do it. Um, and I don't mind doing that because, it, you know, well, I say I don't. It, it does get aggravating, but I understand that you know it's for the customer. It's it's you know helping us out, um, you know, to make more money, to keep the customer happy and keep keep business. Um, but it it just gets frustrating as far as the drivers go, and so that that's the only thing I got going on. That and that's kind of what's been going the last uh, week and a half. That has been a little bit later nights than. The normal, uh, the, well, the normal outside of peak season. Peak season, you know, it's it's all hands on deck and, you know, all bets are off. But I mean, during regular season, you know, normal day-to-day, it's been a lot longer than it normally has been. But other than that, things have been great. And, I, you know, I can't complain too much. It doesn't do much good anyway. So, um, but your two-minute warning is up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. 
It's the two-minute warning. This is the beautiful part of the podcast where you give me two minutes, and I give you everything that happened yesterday and last night. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. The Coyotes have a quick two-game homestand and start things off with a 4-3 to three shootout win over the Detroit Red Wings, breaking a nine-game losing streak dating back to December 29th. Nick Bukestead and Travis Boyd, Dylan Gunther all score goals for the Coyotes. Lawson Kraus assisted on two of the goals, while Jacob Chikrin got the other one. For the shootout, the Knicks get it done for the Coyotes. First, Nick Bukestead, then Nick Schmoltz. The Red Wings had 40 shots on goal with 21 block shots, and the Coyotes had 23 shots on goal with 17 block shots. The Coyotes welcomed the Washington Capitals to town, joining ASU and the Suns, as all three teams will be in action tomorrow night. Monty Osenfort had his introductory press conference with the Arizona Cardinals yesterday, and he called out Buda Baker, saying, Buda Baker represents everything we want this organization to be. He also mentioned egos will not be tolerated in this organization. And that is your two-minute warning. Ah, well, I, I go too long and go too short still. But uh, more on the Yotes and the Cardinals coming up on Big Sky Sports Talk. But first, we'll go ahead and get into some Yotes. That's up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. I got something wrong in the uh, two-minute warning. We're talking some coyotes right now. And uh, I said in the shootout, it was um, the Knicks got it going, which they did. And I said Nick Bukestead first and then Nick Schmoltz. I, I, I said that backwards, and uh, but it's Nick Schmoltz who got the first goal, and then uh, Bukestead got the second one. But anyway... They get things going the right way on this two-game homestand, as I said, 4-3 to three in the shootout. Um, no goals scored in the first period. In the second period, on a power play, uh, the only power play of, of the night was for Detroit, 8-34, uh, or the only power play goal, let, let's just say that, 8-34. Um, um, and uh, Red Wings take the one nothing lead, and then Nick Bukestead, he gets his first goal, um, and eleven oh nine with Chikrin on the assist, and then in the third period, four fifty one and five forty nine, so just uh, less than a minute or so uh, in between, uh, two back to back goals, two unanswered goals for the Red Wings, and then um, about a minute or so later, um. Travis Boyd gets his with Lawson Krause's first assist. And then another minute later after that, seven, um, 7.53, so 6.43 to 7.53, uh, Dylan Gunther and, uh, gets uh, his his goal. And it's 3-3, and Lawson Krause on the assist on that one. A lot of quick action in the third period. Again, that's 4.51, Red Wings, 5.49, Red Wings, 6.43, Coyotes and 7.53 Coyotes. So just four goals, um, just pretty much all back to back to back to back. 
I think I said that right. And um, that that ties the game. No um, goals scored in the overtime period, and then we go into the shootout. We started out with Nick Schmoltz. He gets his goal. Um, and then a shootout attempt uh, for the Red Wings is saved by Connor Ingram. Um, and so now all the Coyotes uh, have to do is uh, score again, and and they do. Uh, Nick Bugstead does. Um, and then uh, shootout missed by the Red Wings, and that will, that will end it. Um, so two goals in the uh, shootout period for the Yotes, giving them one full goal, one full point, if you will. Uh, four to three is that final score. Um, as far as the team goes, like I said in the two-minute warning, Red Wings with 40 shots on goal, 40 shots on goal with 21 block shots. They also had uh, uh, 24 face-offs, one um, at a 44.4% clip. The Coyotes with 23 shots on goal and 17 block shots and 30 face-offs won. So Yotes win this one 55.6%. Power play opportunities. Like I said, there was only one power play that goal that actually happened. It was for the Red Wings. They had three opportunities. So PK for the uh, Yotes was pretty good. Unfortunately, still the same thing happening um, that's been happening a lot. For the Yotes, they had two opportunities, couldn't convert on a single one. Um, in fact, they had three penalties for six minutes. The Red Wings had two for four minutes. Um, both teams had six takeaways. Um, unfortunately, the Yotes had 14 giveaways, and the Red Wings only had uh, four giveaways. With the um, Bally Sports uh, game recap... Um, here is, uh, uh, Jody Jackson. Scoring, uh, we're going to go to the second period here. Again, Connor Ingram wins your right. He came up big for this team. A lot of shots coming his way. Um, here in the second, it's going to be Dylan Larkin, who scores his 15th of the season, Lindsay. A power play goal, a little tip. There's nothing that Connor Ingram can do about that. Every other shot he was able to track, he was saving. And, you know, I think that's just an unfortunate one that he couldn't do a whole lot with. But the Coyotes managed to bounce right back, and it all started with Jacob Chikrin. He advances his puck, jumps right up into the play, gets that initial shot. And how about the long stick of Nick Bukestad finding a way to connect to go upstairs? Yeah, unbelievable job by Bukestad there. Uh, getting some redemption after taking a couple penalties in these, this game, including the one that led to the power play goal. So, love to see that. His 11th of the season. And then we go to the third, and, you know, in many ways, it was uh, Detroit taking control here. It was. A couple unfortunate defensive breakdowns. You have three Coyotes players there against two for the Red Wings, and they sneak it right past Ingram. Not much he can do. That's a point-blank shot five feet away from him. So the Coyotes unfortunately falter a bit on that one. And then again, just too much action right in front. Christian Fisher not finding his man there on the back door to protect. And this is where I think everybody in the building kind of got a little nervous, including myself. But 
Then the Coyotes just simplified. There is nothing fancy about this play. Travis Boyd comes right across the blue line, takes a simple shot against the grain. It goes in. Suddenly they have a little energy, a little momentum. And that final goal for the Coyotes is once again simple over the blue line. Put it on net. And how about Dylan Gunther getting his first even strength goal of his NHL career? And it was a beauty. Two goals in a minute 10. And I love it. Just shooting the puck. Gunther had seven of the Coyotes' 24 shots on net in this game. He was the beast in this game. And then here we go to the shootout. This is beautiful by Schmaltz. <laughs> Just Woo. twinkle toes, taking his time, <laughs> dancing in. Of course, no smile, no reaction. But how about the patience from Bukestad? Wait, wait, wait. Force Halberg to sit down and then pops it upstairs. And you couldn't write it any better. Connor Ingram, he's been playing so well. Look at the emotion. He earned this win for his team, and he deserves that smile. Yeah, it was a good game um, for the uh, uh, Coyotes, a game that I wish I was able to catch, but especially with so much action um, in that uh, in that uh, period, um, that th uh, second period was, was great. Uh, much like the, the other night, um, all the action in that second period, but Yotes get it, get the win, and, and that's, that's good for them. Um, but uh, up next... It was a lot of coyotes, a lot of coyotes, a lot of cardinals. Um, mainly kind of get get to know um, the new GM for the Cardinals, Monty. Um, I I have to check the name every time, um, just because I get it all jacked up. Um, Austin Fort. Um, it's easy to say. I just I don't know why I forget it. But anyway, we got coyotes. Our coyotes. There I go again. We got. Cardinals up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. All right, it was um, Monday the the ninth that uh, um, Michael Bidwell uh, made his changes with Cliff Kingsbury uh, being relieved of his duties, and then Steve Kime stepping down for health reasons, and then so right about a week later, or right at a week later. They uh, hire um, Monty Olsenfort um, and uh, get him going. That I did again. I forgot, and then I looked over my notes, and boom, there it was. But um, and that that took place yesterday, um, and so uh, um, or that took place um, Monday, and then yesterday was the. Um, the introductory press conference. So just like I said, right about a week, they made some changes and made fast changes um, and got things going in what they believe is a right direction. So we're going to take uh, quite a bit of time next, uh, you know, 45 minutes or so um, to hear from Michael Bidwell and uh, Monty Osenfort um and uh you know just hear from them so that's what we're going to do right next right now so uh we'll start it off with um michael bidwell's introductory um um statement introducing monty olson fort good morning everyone 
One week ago, I told you that I had a great sense of urgency to begin uh, looking at the new leaders of our organization. We made some big changes to the organization a week or so ago. I wanted to have that sense of urgency, but also do our due diligence and make sure that we had a thoughtful, informed process. And we've done that. As we've gone through the process, we've spoken to seven different candidates, three of them internal, four of them external. The three internal are Adrian Wilson, Quentin Harris, and Matt Harris, uh, as well as the external candidates were Jerry Reese, uh, Monty, of course, Ian Cunningham, and Joe Hortiz. All these candidates had excellent backgrounds, impressive resumes, and uh, had a vision for the organization. But as we went through the process, and the whole process, it became clear that Monty Ossenfort uh, had a, that combination of a well-defined vision, uh, a, a work ethic, character, uh, the background and experience, and being with two great organizations, the New England Patriots as well as uh, the Tennessee Titans, in evolving roles and playing key, key roles in, in those organizations. And it became apparent that all of the combination of those things, that Monty was going to be the best fit for us with his well-defined vision of turning this organization around on the field and assisting us identifying the new, the, our, our new head coach, which we will embark on in the matter of days. And so it is my great pleasure to introduce Monty Ossenfort, our general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, uh, great um, introductory um, statement by owner Michael Bidwell. Um, I mean, to be expected. Um, and, and most of those candidates, you know, I, me personally, I hadn't heard of before, um, and uh, and so you know, it kind of kind of lets me know that that you know, and, and he said this with a coach, not about the biggest name, but. The, the how he feels is the best candidate. And so, uh, obviously, he felt Monty uh, Austin Fort was, was, the, was the guy. Um, so let's, let's get to know him and, uh, you know, let's hear from his uh, opening statement and uh, just kind of some um, thoughts of, uh, about this organization. Thank you, Michael. Um, I sit up here honored, humbled, and extremely motivated about this opportunity. Uh, I've been working 22 years to, to get to this point, and uh, I do not take it lightly of, of the opportunity that's presented before me. I come into a situation where this is a family-run business, and just a few moments ago, I, uh, Michael introduced me to his, his siblings, Tim and Nicole, and I, I know how important this this organization is being, my last two organizations I was with were family-run business, businesses, and this one is too. And I'm excited to play a part in forming the vision as we move forward. When this process started a little over a week ago, and I started my conversations with Michael, I felt we, we had a connected connection pretty immediately. 
We, we, the conversation was easy. The, the goals were definitely the same. And we're continuing to work on the vision for what we see this organization becoming. I look forward to working alongside Michael, and as he mentioned, a big step in that is, is finding our new head coach, and together with, with Michael and myself and the new head coach and everyone else in this organization, we're gonna strive to find a, a collaborative environment where we are completely aligned in, a, in the football structure that we're gonna put before this organization. I wanna thank a couple people because I owe a lot to a lot of people um, around the country. I want to start with the Titans organization and Miss Amy Adams Strunk, Kenneth Adams, and Barclay Adams. I wasn't there long, but it was clear to me what type of person Miss Amy is and the investment that she's made in her organization. And I benefited greatly from my time there. To Coach Rabel, the rest of the coaching staff, the scouting staff, I formed connections there. I learned a lot, I grew a lot. I saw a different way of doing things that I had not seen before, and it's only gonna help me as I move forward here with the Cardinals. To the people in the, the Patriots organization, Mr. Kraft, Jonathan, and Dan Kraft, and the rest of the Kraft family, that was a first-hand look at what it means to be a first-class organization, the success we had there, four Super Bowl wins, uh, made it to three others, countless numbers of division titles, it was an experience that, that really has shaped the foundation of who I am. To Coach Belichick, every day going to work was a masterclass education of how to build a football roster and how to build a winning organization. There are core beliefs that I believe that I will take from there as I will take from every stop, step along my way that I, I plan to bring here and put my own spin on it and make it the cardinal way. I've. I've been overwhelmed here these last 16 hours with all friends, family, colleagues, people from around the country reaching out to me. And it, it's been humbling. And I promise I will get back to you all. It, it's going to take some time. But it, is, it, is, it has been humbling to say the least. I'm from a small town in Minnesota. And I grew up in a town with two stoplights. And the fact that I'm here sitting before you I, I sometimes have to pinch myself and wake up. It, this is unbelievable, and I can't wait to take this next step with you guys. A couple people specifically I want to point out. My parents, Roger and Diane. They are, I hope, home, have figured out how to run ArizonaCardinals.com. Uh, if not, the link will be sent to them. Uh, they, are, they are everything to me. They are guideposts in my life. They are my mentors. They are my examples and they are everything I strive to be in life. So I, I cannot thank them enough. And finally, to the crew sitting down here in front of you guys, my wife Shannon and my three daughters, Emery, Finley, and Landry. They are, have been with me every step of the way, and we have bounced them around, moved them a couple different places. My wife is amazing, my daughters are the best, and I can't wait to take this next step in our journey. I'm excited to embark on this next stage in Cardinals football. We're going to focus on a completely unified message across the general manager, the head coach, and ownership to what exactly we want to be as a football organization. We're going to institute a thorough and exhaustive scouting process. We are going to turn over every stone to find the right players for this team. 
We are not just collecting talent, we're gonna build a team. We're gonna look for the right type of players. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. We are, going to look, we are going to look for focused, driven, and people that are willing to put the team first at every step of the way. Hey, no one here is happy about the results of last year. But it's not too long ago that this team was in very good position. I was witness to it firsthand two years ago when this organization came into Tennessee in Nissan, Nissan Stadium and, and ran all over us. And that's what we're going to get back to. Our goal here is to win, to build a team that can win the NFC West, to advance in the playoffs, and ultimately for everyone in this organization to enjoy in what it feels like to hold that Lombardi trophy. Again, I want to say thank you to Michael and the rest of the Bidwell family. I cannot be more excited about this opportunity, and I look forward to answering any questions that you guys may have. Thank you for this opportunity. Stopped it a little too early, but uh, um, one major thing that I took away from his uh, his statement there, his introductory statement, is uh, obviously of the cliche. Hey, we're 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 about championships, you know. We, you know, everybody says that. Of course, they're about that. You know, I don't really dive into that too much, but he, he seems like he's a man of business. Like, you know, I'm um, not talking about like money business, but like, like order, uh, order of business and um, someone that, you know, wants everything done right. The little, he's a man, it seems like he's a man about the little things, the little details. Um, and he, he seems like he is um, in about uh, you know, being unified. Um, they, he said no egos. Um, first thing obviously I think of is, is Kyler Murray. I, I can't, you know, I can't help but, but to not. Um, and he's not typically, um, when I say he's not one to have an ego, he definitely certainly does. I think everybody in their own way has one. Um, but he's the first one I think of is, you know, that, it, it's you know so much of the time it's about him and him only, not necessarily about the team. Um, his um, the Murray Manifesto really says that right off that you know his agent coming out, an agent that works for Kyler Murray by the way, comes out and says, "Well, we better we better sign my guy now so that way you can you know um, get better." Um, and and you you, you know um, take the opportunity to do this now, so that way you can get better in the future with with free agents. It's like you know, a, a, a not to say not so kind way to say, hey, this is about me. I want mine first, and then then you can worry about everybody else. And so um, that's who I think of. I think of Kyler Murray, and, and so that that's good um, that he that Kyler has a GM. That that's no nonsense, and gonna nip it in the butt. Um, there there were some other things I thought of immediately, but that the, the that's those were you know some of them that, that he's about he's a culture man that's that's about the little things and 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 being a team, and and not you know an individual. So uh, I really really like that. 
Let's uh, get into some questions, though. Arizona Republic. Hey, Bob. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, can you talk about how you're going to develop and build your scouting staff? Do you retain people you have here? Do you add how much will you change the staff itself? Well, I think, I think more importantly, I think we're going to change the process. And I think that's what we're going to focus in on initially. Um, there's going to be things that I, I don't know what was done here previously. previously. Uh, I, I have a system that I believe in, and that's where we're going to focus our time and attention and how we go about scouting players and, and what we're looking for specifically. First, we have to define what we're looking for, and then we're going to turn over every rock that we can to, to build this roster. In terms of the people that are here, I, I know some of the people. I don't know others. I, I am fresh off the plane last night. Um, I think there's a lot of evaluation that has to go across all levels of the football organization, and we'll, we'll cross that bridge. But I think most importantly, Bob, is, is the processes and the systems in place for evaluating those players. A great first question and, and a great answer um, because it's clear that the the process of uh, especially when it, you know because the question was about you know yeah, the staff as a whole yes you know coaching maybe coaching staff some personnel but more so he's talked about from the scouting department and and the scoutings are obviously you know college players players that you intend to draft and the Cardinals haven't been great at the draft. Um, I think uh, Steve Kime would would say that and has said that, that you know that, that they they missed on a lot of players. They they nailed a lot of later round players, but the, some earlier round, you know, the first through the third, um, mainly the first, uh, hasn't been good. Um, and you've got to nail those picks. And clearly, there's something clearly amiss, or either my um, um, Steve is not listening or wasn't listening to the the scouts who who they believe they had the right guy or or uh the scouts weren't doing their job obviously we're gonna you know um monty is gonna figure that out um and and i like that let's attack you know we don't have to get rid of everybody as far as you know scouts and in personnel and development all that goes but maybe change some process of how we do things, I, I think, could make a big difference. Don't always have to get rid of a bunch of guys. So I think that is a great answer. I, I don't mind getting rid of some guys. Clearly, some guys are not getting the job done. Um, but um, you know, start with the process first. So great first question. Great, great answer. Monty Darren Urban from uh, AZCardinals.com. Yes. Yeah. Darren. Nice to meet you, Darren. Nice to meet you. Um, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of focus on Kyler Murray's rehab and where he is. What are your thoughts on Kyler as a quarterback and also maneuvering through the beginning part of a season potentially without your starting quarterback? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the first order of business there is Kyler's got to get healthy, and we want to do everything in our power to help him get healthy. We want to see him out on the field. I, again, I'll go back to that, that game two years ago in Nissan. I've, I've seen what a healthy – Kyler can do. I did a lot of work on Kyler coming out of Oklahoma. I know that he is extremely talented with both his legs and his arm. 
And so, yeah, that does represent a challenge for us. We'll be ready for it. But the first order of business is, is getting Kyler healthy and helping him in whatever manner that is possible. Hey, Monty, Mark McLuhan, 3TV, CBS5. Mark, yep, welcome nice to meet you, town. Mark. Yep. Hey, uh, you mentioned your masterclass, your time with the Patriots. What, what were some of those uh, championship traits that, that you can take from your time there, what, what that organization looked like and bring to Arizona? And I think, I think the big thing on that is a complete organizational alignment in what exactly it is that we're trying to do. And that, that goes through all levels of football operations. Um, that's a clear definition of not only what we're looking for in players, but what we're looking for in staff, what is asked of each individual person, what their role contributes to us winning games. And that permeates all levels of the organization. If your job is to catch touchdown passes, or if your job is to tape ankles, or to scout players, or to prepare the food. Uh, it's a, it's, every job is important, and getting everybody on the same page, moving in those directions, moving in that direction, is the key of what I believe was a huge part of those successful New England teams. Obviously, the, the most intriguing thing about um, Monty's journey is, is his time and I, I listed it, uh, listed it um, in yesterday's show, uh, several years in in um, um, New, or- New Orleans, New England, and you know, w- you know, part of winning championships as 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 an area scout, as a uh, national scout, and everything he's done. Um, and and clearly they, you know, they're right at the draft um, and develop some guys and. Um, but there's that word, that unity word. Um, he said this time, alignment. You know, boom, everything in a line from um, the top down to the bottom, and everybody, and, and anybody and everybody that that does something with the team. Um, I, you know, obviously he's probably not a whole lot of demand from, um, you know, uh, the people that uh, cook cook food but maybe so i don't know um but you know obviously he 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 wants to include everybody and get everybody on the same page so a great question by mark McClune, um and a great answer uh with with monty yet again richard signs fox 10 hey richard um you, you talked about your first order of business will be hiring a head coach, what is it that you're looking for in a head coach to lead your team? Well, I think there's, I think there's a lot of important characteristics there. And I think the key is that we find the head coach that is right for this team. There's, there's many ways of doing things. And I think finding a head coach that aligns with the way I see building a team, the way Michael sees building an organization. Um, and then I think there's a, the specifics in terms of, of leadership in developing players and coaches, in being a teacher of fundamentals, details, and techniques. Those are all things, and, and this, is not a, this is not a, we're trying to build a sustainable program here. This is not a short-term fix. So we want a, a coach that sees the big picture and understands that we're not happy with just the results of 2023. We're building this for extended, uh, extended championship teams as we move forward. For Monty and Michael, actually, going back to the, the, the coach thing, 
Michael, you obviously said you had some urgency to get this whole process started. So where do you stand with your urgency in terms of the coach? I mean, is this something that will happen quickly now that Monty's here? Or, or how, how do you guys see that timeline? I do. I do see it uh, that we're going to start on it right away. And, and I can confirm that we're going to be interviewing Vance Joseph. Uh, that, that is scheduled. Uh, and, and so uh, we're going to be talking to Vance. And also, uh, I use the phrase uh, casting a wide net. We will be casting a wide net. We have put out some requests uh, for permission for some of the coaches that are, that are in the playoffs and in, uh, with NFL teams. Uh, so we're going to cast a wide net, and I look forward to going through that process with Monty by my side. He's, he's uh, as he said, he took a master's class for every day for a number of seasons, more than a decade at, at New England. But also, um, I think it's going to be very important. The mindset, and this really struck me during the interview with Monty, is that he said everything in the football operation is going to be geared toward and aimed at winning football games. And that's speaking my language. I think it's speaking the language of our fans. And that's what has me so excited about Monty. So I look forward to having those interviews, talking with Vance and others about um, you know, this, this opportunity moving forward. And uh, finding a right coach, you know, the best option for the Cardinals, who's going to be that right fit and moving forward. And I think as Monty acknowledged, this can be a quick turnaround, but we're really building this for the long-term sustained success year in and year out. And I, I, I told every candidate, my view is we have to build the organization that can win the NFC West. Uh, because we've done that, we've earned ourselves a home playoff game, and, and then we've got to get hot in January and February. And so that's what we've really got to be uh, focused on. And so I look forward to starting that process in the coming days and, and getting getting after it. I'm not really expecting, you know, he said, it, you know, they're getting after it soon and, and expected it to be a, uh, a quick process. I'm not expecting it to be as quick. I mean, they found a GM really, really quick. And like I said, right out of week, um, considering there's, some interviews that you know still being scheduled um some of the uh coaches that they're have been rumored to uh you know interview and and whatnot you know you they can't be interviewed until after um the divisional round um i personally think that maybe it, you, you should be have to wait until after this after the super bowl to do these interviews because you don't want, you know, some of these coaches that are interviewing kind of be have that in the back of their mind um, while they're, you know, trying to win, um, you know, win a game and, you know, try to make it to and, and win a Super Bowl. But um, that's what the league's rules are, that you can, you know, schedule interviews after the divisional round. Um, so... Um, um, it's if not after during the division either way th this week or the or next um, so obviously it won't be you know a head coach that quick because if some of the candidates that they're looking at it can't be interviewed in, until uh, the next week or so um, you, you, they're not going to be hired that quickly um, but I am interested to see how quickly they they get their guy Again, as I always been saying, Sean Payton. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, oh, it is interesting that he did not 
Uh, maybe he, he did it on purpose. I would assume he did. Um, but he did not confirm and say, well, Sean Payton is one of the guys that we have, uh, uh, that I can confirm that we have contacted for interview. Um, maybe he can't say that for, um, I don't know. I don't know if it goes under tampering. It probably doesn't, but who knows. But I do find it interesting that he mentioned Vance a couple of times. Um, don't know um, if he's really excited about uh, the potential of having Vance stay on the staff. Um, possibly um, worthy of it. Uh, not my choice because, again, I, I kind of want – more new than than old um and i'm not talking about how old he is but new new faces i think that's very pertinent hi monty i'm josh weinfels with espn um what was the most attractive part of this job that intrigued you to to come here yeah well i I think it it began with my first conversation with michael um as I alluded to earlier, it was a easy conversation. It was a informative conversation. It was a focused conversation. Uh, I, I think both of us feel an urgency to get moving in the right direction. Um, and, you know, I've seen, I've seen success here and I, I've seen things that have worked and I see a lot of the same pieces that are in place here and a lot of opportunity for us to move forward and get things going in the right direction, knowing that there's work to be done. But really from my first conversation with Michael, I was immediately attracted to this job. Can you hear me okay? Okay. I got yeah, you now. Yeah. Yeah. Jose Romero, Arizona Republic. Welcome. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Um, how would you characterize your working relationship with Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel in your time with those coaches? Yeah, I, I, I had a very good working relationship with both of them, both of them very different, um, both of them very unique personalities. Um, I've I seen the importance of having a direct communication with the coach. Um, the personnel department working hand in hand with the coaching staff to not only define what it is, the type of players that we're looking for from a schematic standpoint, but then also for the personnel staff to help the coaching staff understand what is out there. We would, we would love to have 22 all-pro starters, but unfortunately, Michael, I don't, I don't think we're going to quite get there. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to the commissioner about changing the rules so we can get more, more – uh advantage through the draft right but exactly. I don't think that's going to happen but you know, I think I think seeing seeing those relationships my relationship with coach Belichick uh, my relationship with coach Vrabel those these last few years seeing how that traditional GM head coach relationship worked um, I think that was beneficial for me to see and just the daily interaction of of what a coach deals with on a day-to-day day-to-day basis it's different than what a, a GM or a, a personnel person deals with and having that ability to bounce ideas off each other and know what the hot button issues are as you go through a week, um, those were valuable lessons that I learned. I'm Auntie Nick King. Hey, Nick. From 3TV CBS 5. Nice, nice to meet you. you. 
Uh, you mentioned this is something you've been working for for 22 years. Was it always a dream to be a general manager, and was there a certain point where you felt like, I'm ready for this? Um, yes, I mean, I think anyone that gets into this, this line of work, this is, this is the ultimate goal. I, this is a, um, it's a tough industry, and, and it's, it's highly competitive, and it's, it's hard to win a game on Sundays. And this is, this is, that's why this is the, the toughest league in, in the entire world. And it's, that's, why it's, that's why it's challenging, it's addictive, and that's why people keep coming back. Um, you know, to say, are you ready? I've, I've never been a general manager. I haven't. I'm excited for the opportunity. I feel like the experiences that I've had at the three organizations that I've been with, I'm going to take pieces from each of those organizations, things that I've learned, things that I liked, processes that I'll keep, but I'm also going to put my own spin on them. This is not a wash, rinse, and repeat of someplace else. What works in one building is not just easily transferable to another building, but there are foundational elements that can be taken from each of those buildings and has helped form who I am. And that's what I'm going to come, and that's, what, that's the pitch that I gave to Michael, that what I believe in, and that's what I'm going to bring here to this organization as we continue this, our, our, operation, our, our move to make the football operations the way we want them to run. Monty. Greg Moore. Hey, Greg. Good to meet you, man. Uh, Arizona Republic, welcome to town. Thank you very welcome much. Welcome to your family. Yeah, Congratulations on the job, really. Well, they're excited. I'm curious about your commitment to diversity um, and making sure that there are minority candidates who are prepared for jobs such as this and prepared for head coaching jobs and how you value that and just your thoughts about diversity and your commitment to it. I think diversity is a huge importance of this organization. Um, I think getting different viewpoints from whether it's race or experience, that, that makes us all better. And this is going to be, the, listen, I'm not coming in here saying that I have all the answers and it's my way or the highway. I have processes and systems that I believe in, but I need help. And I need help from people that are here. I need people, help from people that, like the head coach, that may not be here yet. And so those are all important characteristics of what I, how I feel an organization should run. And as to your point about the development, one big thing that we talked about this past week was the importance of, on the personnel side and the coaching side, of developing not only our scouts, but developing coaches. Because inevitably, when we have success here, people are going to come looking for our people because we're going to do things the right way, and people are going to recognize that, and we're going to lose people. And so the importance of having our next group of, of people to step into those roles, we can't overestimate the importance of that. And so we are definitely going to focus on, the, on diversity and development, and that's going to be a hallmark of this program. He, uh, he mentioned that, excuse me, a little tickle in my throat. He mentioned that, um, you know, he's not done this job before and that he's, you know, going to need help and, and welcome to um, ideas and mentioned that uh, uh, he might need help uh, specifically, um, he said, from a head coach that is not here yet. Um, and, you know, Michael Bidwell is, is not uh, dumb at all. I know that he, he feels confident in his decision in hiring someone that 
um, is still very new to a lot of this, though he has 22 years of experience and doing different things within the NFL. He's not a general manager. And so it might be me reading into it too much, um, but it kind of, I kind of feel like it, it clears the way for someone, uh, a CEO type head coach um, that's going to command a lot of attention, a lot of power, like Sean Payton, um, who could be a GM right now. Um, you know, I know his thing is coaching, and he likes to coach, and he's he's chomping at the bit to coach again. Um, but he could be a GM right now and, and be very, very successful at it. Um, and I think, you know, obviously Sean Payton would be great at giving his input and helping um, um, Monty uh, be successful and uh, someone that he, I'm sure he can partner with that, that is also both guys being no-nonsense guys and, and guys all about unity, guys all about success and and winning not just games but um, division titles, conference titles, and, and, and championships. Um, and uh, so, um, yeah, you know, like I said, I feel like, I, you know, I'm reading into it too much, but I'm going to anyway. Um, because that, that's the first thing I think of. That's the first thing that, that came to mind. Um, because like I said, Michael's not a dumb man. So he knows that, um, if he wants this thing to be successful, yes, he's going to feel confident in the guy, regardless of, of what, you know, what coach you get or not. Um, but he, he also knows that, that he, you know, he's going to do everything he can to, make this successful because you know for michael it, it can't it you know it um we can't guarantee anything but it, it can't not be successful like it like he can't afford for it not to be successful because i mean well no one's gonna you know he can't sell yeah i mean he can sell the team but no one's gonna make him sell the team um unless uh it's you know something egregious that's going on um you know that's totally against nfl conduct but um the fans are going to continue to get restless and um and not come to games so they these decisions really depend you know um on michael's success and how people view him as a whole um so he definitely wants that around him and um, like I said, it just, it just seems like it opens up way that, you know, someone that, that can be a GM right now and has had a lot of experience and has, you know, has won championship. Um, but he's had a championship as a coach, not trying to take away anything that, uh, Monty has done, but you know, it, it's a totally different ball game as a scout than it is as a coach. Um, so, um, but uh, I, you know, I that's just me. Like I said, reading into it probably, but I'm going to, and uh, and just knowing what I know about how Michael likes to operate and how I've seen him operate, and how he wants to be a winner and how he wants to set set people up for success, but he also wants to believe in the man and the men that he hires too. So um, anyway, I just a thought I had. Sure. As, uh, as you know, uh, we are committed to diversity, and I think we've got a diverse group of employees today. 
we are committed to uh, looking with a, an open mind uh, and finding our new head coach. And uh, that's what we'll do. Hey, Monty. Tyler Drake with Arizona Hi, Sports. Hi, Tyler. 98.7. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, outside of finding the next head coach, what's some of the more immediate goals you want to you accomplish in the early, you know, being GM? Uh, I'd love somebody to just leave a trail of breadcrumbs so I can know my way around the building. <laughs> that would probably be the most immediate. Um, I, I am still just trying to get my bearings, quite honestly. Um, but I, I think some immediate goals are I want to meet as many people, reach out and touch as many people as I can in this organization. I've heard, I've had people reach out to me and tell me about a number of people that are here. I can't wait to meet them myself. I want to get up, caught up to speed with where things are in different areas of our football operations. And there's some things that I want to put my spin on as well. Um, obviously, the all-star game process is starting for the college draft. Where, uh, free agency is around the corner. Um, the coaching search, obviously. So there, there's a lot of things going. But um, as long as I can get up and back to my office, that, that'd be a good, good start on the day. Hi, Monty. Paul Calvisi, Arizona Cardinals. Oh, there you go. Yep, thank you. Uh, with 30-plus pending free agents, what sort of challenge is that? And can you elaborate when you say ego will not be tolerated? What do you mean by that? Well, there's, there's one goal here. It's to win. Okay? There's, there's no putting personal interests in front of the team. Um, I, was, I was told once the definition of mental toughness is putting the team in front of something that maybe would have been better personally for me. So that, to me, is the type of players that we're looking for. Um, in, in regards to your question about the number of unrestricted free agency, that's absolutely a, a, a process that we have to get going. Uh, I've, I've started my process of evaluating the roster. I need to do more, and that's something that is, is a priority for me. And we will continue to do that. And I think between unrestricted free agency and the draft and trades and roster cutdown, there are numerous ways for us to build this roster, and we are going to investigate every single possible one of those, with unrestricted free agency being one of those. Hi, Monty. This is a question for both of you, actually. Michael, you told us last week you were going to talk to some of the leaders on the team and, and ask them what they thought the team either needed or what was lacking. Can you tell us what, what you found out? And I was wanted to know if the ego question is related to or the Eagles statement, rather, is related to what you found out from the players? I think it is related. And it was described in a different way. It was accountability. We need more accountability. And uh, that is something that Monty and I talked about. And it's, it's, it's clear that that's going to be an emphasis here. And that's what he just described, is setting ego aside. And it's all about accountability to the team. So I think it's absolutely related. It's absolutely something our players are interested in. And, uh, and that, that, that was something I had in my mind when I was evaluating what a great talent evaluator Monty is, what a great leader is, what his work ethic and passion is around winning football. Uh, so that was something very important to me. And our players' uh, input uh, was very, you know, uh, had its impact. I mean, I knew that, but it was also good to see, see and hear that from our players and then see that that's exactly what Monty Ford is about. Boom. I love it. The, the, that's 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 the money right there. Um, accountability, 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 and we know that Michael's about that accountability because 
it, you know, kind of was reported that he was the one that wanted the study, the Kyler clause in Kyler's contract that was, you know, foolishly removed. I understand why they did it, that, you know, because of the embarrassment there, but um, foolishly removed. And, uh, you know, I, I love it because there was, you know, there was a report um, earlier, you know, from um, an unnamed team member, uh, current team member um, of uh, Kyler Murray's that, that said that removing that clause created a monster um, for Kyler, that, that you know, his, his study habits were no longer um, as great and as evident as they were before they gave him the money and, and all that stuff. So there are, there are members of this team that, you know, obviously uh, prefer to be anonymous, you know, obviously, I wonder who that might be. Maybe Buddha. I'm not sure, um, but that seen a change in how Kyler Murray is, and it has been a decline. And that's why this GM hiring that he seems to be, you know, all business, all about uniformity, um, about the team and not the eye, not the individual. Um, and that's why the head coach needs to be the same way. As a head coach that deals with uh, Kyler um, more, more on a personal and one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, and I'm not surprised at all that, that so many, you know, we don't know who, but so many different uh, members of the team said, hey, we need accountability you know, it's been lost and, you know, everybody needs to hold themselves accountable. I love it. That's, that's the, that's perfect. Uh, love that, that, that was, you know, taken and you can almost be certain that, that that's where this ego thing comes from and, and Michael kind of confirming it there perfectly said. You know, before, before I walked in here, I, I had a chance to, um, I, I had a chance to have a Buddha Baker. And a little little story about about Buddha is when I when I came for my when I came for my interview in the, the conference room where we sat down and spoke there was a picture of, of Buddha on the wall and I was the only one in the room and the, the interview hadn't got started yet and I I distinctly remember um, I was with the Patriots at the time and Buddha came in we interviewed Buddha at the combine for our our 20 minute interview and after the end of that 20 minute interview. Uh, I think I was ready to run through a brick wall for Buda Baker. And I just relayed that story to him. And Buda Baker, along, and, and there's other leaders on this team as well, but Buda, Buda Baker represents everything that we want this organization to be. And I am excited to be on a team with him. Wow. What, you know, and I mentioned it, that quote in the two-minute warning, but... What high praise about an individual of this team. I, I know I just said it's not about the individuals, but and it's not. Um, but, like, it, you hear so many different things about how, you know, what Buddha means to this team and, and what he does on and off the field and what he represents that, 
You know, he's he's all football all the time. He fights through in, injuries. He he wants to win the um, you know, he's a vocal leader, all these different things. Like you just, you know, obviously yeah, you met him before um when when you were thinking about drafting him and had an interview, but like what? I mean, you just meet the dude and boom. You are everything that we want this organization to be. I mean, like, imagine hearing that. Um, if, you know, if your boss said that, hey, you do great things, obviously, you know, could be improvement or whatever, but you are what we want that, you know, how, how we want this this uh, job site to run or whatever. Um, and may we strive to, to be that, not, not, you know, not for pride purposes and not to puff up ourselves, but... Um, that that anybody can say that. Hey, I like this guy. He's about the you know about about business, especially in ministry. You know, um, being about the father's business is is kind of what come comes to mind and what I actually almost said. Which, you know, obviously you deflect that and say no, it's not about me. It's about what God is doing in me. Um, but. Uh, to hear those those words, my goodness, it just you know, I it, it you hear it all. Like I said, you hear it all the time. You have fifty three Buddha Bakers on the team. Just you just be about unstoppable. What 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 uh, what some you know what a phrase. I can't even get my words out uh, to say about someone. Just that's just insane. Monty Bobrock, PHNX Sports. Hey, Welcome. Nice to meet you. Probably don't have a whole lot of experience picking third overall. I'm sure you're excited about it. Uh, working in New England for 15 years. Uh, what's going to be your approach to that pick? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's an exciting. I, I don't. I hope we don't pick third overall again. That's for one. Um, the benefit is that we're going to be ready to pick a premium player that's going to be able to come in here and have an impact on our team. That's the benefit. The other benefit is. Uh, there, there could be calls on that pick, and we're going to operate at every step along the way. We're going to do what's best for the team, and so if we get a chance to drop back and pick up additional picks that'll help build the team, we're going to entertain that. But we're in a we're in a great position, and I would say the same for the the every pick of that round. There's going to be there's going to be action. The the phone rings in the draft. The phone will ring, and we'll be, we'll be ready to take a good player. And we'll be ready to listen to offers, too. So we're, we're in a great position with that pick. Monty, Cameron Cox, 12 News. Welcome Cameron, to the nice Valley, to meet you. Um, nothing like asking the new GM personnel questions on day one of the job, but just because it's <laughs> been out there. Um, Michael, and you can comment on this, too, as well. But what's the future hold for DeAndre Hopkins here? There seems to be some reports out there maybe that he could be traded. And any comment from you two on his future with the team? You know, we, we, we talked about a number of things, but those are some of the things that he's going he's gonna to be evaluating. And so, the, he's, as he said, he's only been in the building a few hours. He he's, uh, doesn't even know his way around. So I think he'll, he'll be working on that in the, in the coming weeks, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that more. It, I've even, you know, I'm not an insider for the Cardinals. I just try to pay attention and read everything I can. You know, I talk about them, of course. But I even had some friends ask me, you know, what's up with this DeAndre Hopkins business? 
And I'm like to myself, I'm thinking, you know, and I even say it out loud. I don't even know. I don't even know where this came from. Um, you know, who, who started it? Um, I am a, uh, you know, I have said that, you know, might as well clean all house. Everybody, but Kyler is, is untouchable. Um, uh, maybe Buddha too. I said that and, uh, you know, for draft capital and, and whatnot, um, he cl- he clearly hasn't panned out the way we expected him. He hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been available, whether it's health um, or and, – and health has not even been a big deal uh, up until recent, um, but uh, the suspension. So um, he clearly can still play. Um, you know, so it's weird. I, I wouldn't mind still having him, um, but I also don't mind, hey, clean house. Clean house as best you can. Um, and, um, you got a lot of areas of of weakness. It's going to be very difficult to maintain, you know, 30 restricted, uh, free agents. Uh, so, uh, the best way to, you know, kind of beef up the rosters is probably through the draft, um, through trades. So, um, why not? Um, but I, I don't know. It seemed to have this... DeAndre Hopkins thing seemed to come out of nowhere. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't even know. Um, it, it's not like I've heard or seen anything where he's displeased with how things, you know, are going. He, you know, everybody's displeased with how the season went and he, de- he's taken some ownership and on it, but nothing to where, you know, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. Someone come get me. I, I don't know, um, but uh, I guess he's, you know, a number one option for, you know, to gain draft capital because, you know, he can still definitely play, and, and of course, you know, who wouldn't want him? So, you know, it, it's hard to tell it, it, you know, where it came from, but it's definitely interesting and um, a, a big question right now. Hey, Monty. Craig Fui, ABC. Hey, Craig. Nice to meet you. Hey, why the Cardinals? I mean, a team coming off four wins, no head coach, a quarterback with an ACL tear, as Paul said earlier, over 30 free agents. Why was this your choice? Uh, because I believe it represents a lot of opportunity. And I think there are pieces in place here that we can work with, that we can improve, that we continue moving in the right direction. Michael was a huge part of why the Cardinals. My discussions with him and the rest of his team, uh, meeting with the the other people that I met with in the organization, and um, I think there's a ton of opportunity here. And I think with the when we get the right head coach in place and we get our vision aligned, I think there's an opportunity for us to grow here. I, I sure hope that. Uh, um so that Sean Payton sees opportunity the way um, Monty Olsenfort uh, does as well, um, because that that's something that you know could definitely be an attractant, um, and it is very interesting. You know, with, with everything that seems so broken and and all this with this organization, you know, um, yet yeah, that it's still even remotely desirable is definitely pretty cool. Monty, when it comes to 
what you might look for in a head coach. Uh, I know Michael had previously said it didn't matter if it was a CEO or a play caller or offense defense, but how much does the Kyler Murray part of it figure into that, whether it's the head coach it's himself or what staff he might be bringing? Listen, we're, we're looking for a head coach that can lead this entire organization. We're looking for a head coach that can develop all the players and Kyler being a big part of that. So we want a coach that uh, we want the right coach and whether that's an offensive coach or a defensive coach, it frankly doesn't matter. We want the best coach. And when we have a plan for what we are going to be as an organization, we're going to develop our players and we're going to put them in the best position to make us successful and ultimately win. Is that Monty saying, you know, opening it up for, for Sean Payton to come in? I, I know I keep on circling around it, but there's just so many different signs that, that make it seem like, you know, that it could work out, it should work out, and because and, – a, he said, we want a coach that can lead this whole organization. Well, that's the exact type of person that, that Sean Payton is and, and f- quite frankly, some something that he's going to uh, uh, demand and, and require. Um, so is, is, is that what he's saying? I, I don't know. You know, I feel like it is. <laughs> Maybe I'm making it to that, but, you know, I, I just can't get away from it. And, and like I said, if, if, uh, if anybody else gets Sean Payton and that's then it's not, or if anybody but the Cardinals get Sean Payton, it, to me it's a it's a massive fail, failure. Um, unless there's just something that Cardinals are not willing to do that he was, you know, uh, especially if it's something that Cardinals are not willing to do that that he was uh, requesting of. Now, if it's just like, you know what, you did your best and you tried, you tried, tried, couldn't get him. It's a little bit easier to swallow. Still sucks, but. I, I kind of feel like that that quote there, um, the way that Monty answered that question, looking for a coach that can help run this whole organization. Interesting. Sounds like Sean Payton to me, like I said. I'm on a Doug Howler with The Athletic. Hey, Doug. Nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you. A couple background questions. You mentioned your parents. Um, what did they do for a living as you were growing up? And then also, after your playing days in Minnesota, did you know right away that you wanted to get involved in professional football? Um, all right. So my, my mom, growing up, uh, she ran her own business. She, she cleaned houses around our little town of 4,500 people. And my father started working in the meatpacking industry uh, the day after he graduated high school. And for north of 45 years, worked himself up, moved his family around to a couple different spots and rose up in his company and ended up being a superintendent of his plant. Um, the second part of your question? After your playing days in Minnesota? Yeah. Well, did you know right away that you wanted to get a little bit of a twisted path, but uh, I knew that this was, I, I didn't know that, I didn't know that the personnel, I knew there was a coaching route and there was a personnel route. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, land an opportunity, and once I got my first taste of it, I knew, I knew this is what I wanted to do. You should tell them what you were thinking about doing before getting the call. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so after my first, my, after my first uh, job in the, the NFL with the Houston Texans back in 2002, um, there was not a job available for me in Houston, and I had an opportunity to interview for a couple jobs around the league. I, I didn't get them, and so... 
I, I was living in my parents' basement with two undergraduate degrees, two graduate degrees. I'm sure they were thrilled with all the money they spent on that great <laughs> education. And um, I was actually sitting, sitting in a bookstore in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where us from, people from Laverne would go to find some civilization. And um, I was sitting with a book in my hand reading about how, what it would take to become an FBI agent. And uh, I, I was sitting there and I had the book in my hand and my cell phone rang and it was, it was Scott Pioli at the Patriots and he offered me a chance to come out and interview and it was a phone call that, that changed my life. I would have met a bad FBI agent. <laughs> Interesting though, he, you know, uh, you can look up what he looks like. I, another, another bald um, uh, general manager, by the way, but uh, uh, Monty's much taller, um, former quarterback versus former offensive lineman like Steve, but uh, um, maybe it's the suit, maybe it's, you know, whatever. Um, the, the business look uh, that he has, you know, kind of very, you know, he's, he, he's made several jokes and laughed a lot, but can kind of come off as a pretty serious down, down to business kind of guy, kind of look to him. Um, so he looks like he could be an FBI agent, um, but he said he would have been a terrible one. I've heard you, uh, talk a couple of times about you know, details. And it seems to me that you're a detail-oriented guy. Could you talk to me about the importance of making sure all the little things are right? The, the little things make all the difference because the, the little things stack and stack and stack and lead to the big things. And so that, that pertains to our roster building process. This is going to be an extensive process and it's going to start, it's going to start over a year in advance of the next year's draft. And there's going to be checkpoints along the way that we are going to use traditional scouting methods, we are going to use analytical scouting methods, and we are going to, every step of the way, check our work, make sure we're not missing something, and continue to add competition to this roster at every opportunity that we have during the league year. I'm on to you, Joe McHugh, Glendale Star. Hey, Joe. So, um, you know, you're basically walking into a blank canvas here, you know, with the third overall pick, lots of draft capital, cap space, and an opportunity to a new head coach. So how excited are you to, you know, hit the ground running and, you know, make some progress early on? When Michael called yesterday and offered me a job, I, uh, I said, when can we get started? I'm, I'm extremely excited. Um, I've always, already had some good conversations this morning um, with, with some of the people here. I'm, I'm excited to have some more this evening. And I can't wait to get everybody on the same page with, with my vision and our vision and all of our visions of, of how we see this thing going forward. Hi, Monty. Jody Ayler with Fox Sports hey, 910. Nice to meet you. Uh, Patriots, unprecedented success on the field. You were part of four championships there. You mentioned the Patriot way. Mixed bag of exporting the Patriot way. You also mentioned putting your own spin on what you've learned from there, Tennessee and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Could you articulate a little bit more about what your spin, what you have imagined doing if you were in the very spot you're in right now? Sure. There's, there's processes that I believe in. There's, there's systems in terms of um, how we evaluate players. I would say there's systems in place how we value players in terms of a monetary component. And I think, I think overall is just a general overall feel of the building on, on how, how the building works. And I think that's an important component. I think having, 
having everyone on the same page in terms of knowing their role and, and knowing how their job contributes to us having success is of utmost importance. And so how I, how I present that and how I, um, the processes and some of the things that we do along the way may be similar to the places that I've been in the past, but the way I do it and the way I ask people to go about their work, um, I believe that's where, that's where my spin comes into play. All right, uh, I I don't know why I kept that dead space in there. Uh, just wanted, to, I guess, wanted to see if there was anything else happening, um, but uh, there wasn't. So, um, a little bit more, a little bit more um, with uh, um, Monty Austinfort, um, Austin or Osinfort, um, but a uh, um, little kind of one-on-one interview with uh, Monty and uh, Danny Sarek. So we'll go ahead and uh, get that rolling. One week after owner Michael Bidwell made the announcement he was searching for a new general manager, he found one in Monty Awesomefort. Welcome in Cardinals fans alongside Monty, I'm Danny Serac. Monty, you've spent the last 22 years working in the NFL as a scout, most recently director of player personnel with the Tennessee Titans. What intrigued you about coming to Arizona and working with the Cardinals? Well, I was, I was intrigued by this job right away, Danny, by my first conversation with Michael. We, we immediately shared a vision. We, the conversation was easy. He explained to me what he was looking for, and I explained to him my processes that I believed in. And we, we, hit, we hit a point where we both got into a groove where we, we shared a vision for what, where we were going with this organization. And as we've continued those conversations and I've met more people with the organization, that, those feelings have just grown. The first big step is finding a new head coach. What are the most crucial qualities you're looking for in the next Cardinals head coach? Absolutely, we're looking for someone who can help us provide this vision for the franchise. We're looking for someone who can teach, reach out and, and develop players, develop coaches. And we're looking for someone who has a big picture view of what it takes to build this roster into a championship caliber team. This roster has 30 plus pending free agents, third overall pick in the draft with your extensive scouting experience. How do you go about building this roster? Well, it sounds like a lot of opportunity. I think the, the third pick is gonna allow us to go get a premium player or it's gonna allow us to get offers to possibly move back as well. There's a number of unrestricted free agents that I have to begin the process of evaluating. I've started that process and together, us as a group, as a personnel staff, we will continue that process to decide who the right people are to form this team for the 2023 season. Michael Bidwell has said he wants to make sure there is a maximum effort culture moving forward. How do you instill that culture from the top down? I think where I start on that is I, I begin by explaining what it is we're trying to do. 
from a scouting perspective, from a football operation perspective, just so everybody knows what exactly their role and how it pertains to helping us win football games. As everybody knows what we're trying to do, as long as we have the right people in place and have the right goals where they're putting the team first, once we get moving forward, our goal is to win. And when everybody knows that that is where we're pointing, that's when we'll be successful. You've seen from the other side, as an opponent, what quarterback Kyler Murray can do, how he can disrupt games with his arm, with his legs. What type of opportunities does he present to you when it comes to building this team and, and the new coaching staff? Kyler is an explosive player. He has been back to his days in Oklahoma, and he has been here with the Cardinals. I'm excited to get, look forward to work with Kyler. He, I've seen firsthand what he can do, the stress that he can put on a defense with his legs, with his arm. He came into Nissan Stadium a couple years and, and ran around on the field on us pretty good, and it, it didn't go so well for the Titans. Uh, I'm excited about Kyler getting healthy. That's the first order of business. And once we get the systems in place, we look forward to having him help us win football games. You are with the Patriots with four Super Bowl champion titles. What's it going to take for this organization to get to that point? It's going to take a, a common belief, a common understanding, a complete alignment of everybody in football operations, understanding how their roles work to help us win. It's gonna, it's gonna take a lot of hard work. It's gonna take a lot of systems and structures and processes put in place on both the scouting, the coaching, uh, training, uh, equipment, everything that goes into helping us win. It's gonna take maximum effort from all of us to get us going in the right direction. In your press conference, you talked about how attractive this job was to you because it's a family-run business. You had your family, your wife, and your three girls in the front row. How excited are you to get everyone out here and just get the ball rolling at this point? I can't wait. It's so exciting. Last night, yesterday was a whirlwind. Last night was crazy. My girls are so excited to be here. Uh, that I understand that family is of the utmost importance to me. I understand what this team and this organization means to Michael and the rest of his family. And I'm excited to walk alongside him and the rest of everyone else in this organization to help us have ultimate success. Monty, welcome to the Valley. Thank you very much. A lot of the same uh, there, but uh, again, he said something else about that coach they're looking for. Just you know, sounds like Sean Payton to me again. I'm not I'm not going to go too deep into it, um, but uh, basically said very similar same thing. Uh, last thing we'll play. I know it's kind of been long for this Cardinal section, but I kind of want to get everything I could uh, in it. Um, and I'm sure I could have you know probably gotten more reaction or whatnot, but. Uh, Darren Urban and Danny Sarek uh, talk about uh, just, uh, you know, Monty as a whole and this team as a whole and, and kind of what to look and expect moving forward. Arizona Cardinals have a new general manager in Monty Austinfort. Welcome into Quick Slam presented by your Arizona Ford dealers alongside Darren Urban. I'm Danny Sarek. Austin Ford has worked in the NFL for 22 years as a scout and most recently director of player personnel with the Tennessee Titans. He had a joint press conference with owner Michael Bidwell this week. Darren, what made Austin Ford a desirable candidate for Bidwell? I, I think there's a couple of different things there. I think number one, his background, clearly working with successful organizations with the Patriots and Titans made a difference to Michael Bidwell. He's gone through the process in terms of talking with other owners in previous years, so I think there was a little bit of knowledge there for Michael Bidwell, and both of them said they clicked when they first started talking. Now, 
that's going to be natural. Once you finally hire a person, there's obviously going to be some chemistry. But I just think that in a lot of ways, how Monty Osenfort talked about building a team, how he talked about uh, that you would take some things from your previous stops, but not everything, I think that's a big deal. I mean, it'd be easy for somebody to come in from the Patriots and say, I'm going to do everything the Patriots did. We've seen in the past with other people that doesn't always work. In this case, he's going to take bits and pieces from everywhere he's been, and, and I think that's a big part of it. Austin Fort talked about the vision and putting his own spin on things. He also talked about not wanting to have egos in this locker room. What stood out to you about what Austin Fort is trying to instill here with the Cardinals? Yeah, there was a lot of talk about He mentioned not having any egos in the locker room. He mentioned talking about always team first over individual, and he and he relayed an anecdote about one, at one point about a, a saying in terms of, you know, if you're even if you put your team ahead of something that might benefit you more, that's what the kind of players are looking for. And I think ultimately, when you're talking about Michael Bidwell, talking about accountability, and, and he even Michael talked about how there are veterans who said there needs to be more accountability. I think that all feeds into where Monty Austin Ford is coming from. And and I do think it ultimately feed into what kind of coach they end up hiring as well. That's the first order of business hiring a new head coach. What does the timetable look like now that Bidwell has hired his new general manager? I mean, I don't think there's anything that's going to happen super quick. I mean, first of all, uh, co current coaches, current assistant coaches couldn't even be interviewed until this week. Anyways, there's usually uh, a, an attempt to try and not hire guys during Super Bowl week. There's, there's a lot of things going on, but obviously the process is going to start. They didn't want to put any timetable on it. But I don't think there's any question, and they and Michael Bidwell already mentioned the fact they will be interviewing Vance Joseph. I think these interviews are going to start happening fast and furious, and I do think they want to have somebody in place because there's a lot to do. Lots to do, 30-plus pending free agents, third overall pick in the draft. Monty Austinfort is going to have his work cut out for him, or as he said, opportunities. More coverage covering the Cardinals' new general manager on azcardinals.com. For Darren Urban, I'm Danny Sreck. Thanks so much for tuning in to Quick Slam. Yeah, all thanks to um, uh, azcardinals.com for this. Um, but uh, that's where I got everything. So that's the show. Um, a long, long, like I said, a lot of uh, Cardinals uh, to go over. I, I told you there's going to be a lot. So um, big segment. But, uh, you know, wanted to kind of get everything out there, get to know the new GM, Monty Austin Fort. So, um, but uh, anyway, as far as uh, getting involved in the show and conversation or whatever, um, you can email me about anything you would like. Um, I ask for it all the time. Don't don't really get anything, but you know I'm gonna keep on asking, keep on throwing it out there. Um, Big Sky Sports Talk at gmail.com and then uh, at Big Sky Sports Talk for Facebook and Instagram. You can do send messages that way as well um as far as uh, finding the show uh you can uh find it on spotify apple google um audible iHeartRadio, amazon music um just about everywhere you uh could find a show we we are available um so uh there there's that um if however you listen though i do ask hit that uh, notification that little bell looking thing um, and uh, that way you don't miss out and subscribe. Um, and you, you won't miss out on a show, whether it's uh, Tuesday or, or, uh, or Saturday or whatever day um, that uh, you, you want to listen. It will remind you. 
Um, and uh, please continue to share it um, on social media or share it via word of mouth to your friends, your family, your neighbors, your enemies. And uh, just get the get the show out there to, to folks. And I appreciate those that do that. It, uh, it means a lot to me. Um, other than that, we will uh, uh, speak uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow night being a big night, as I uh, mentioned before, all three teams uh, in action. So we'll uh, talk uh, 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 tomorrow. Thank you for listening, as always. <laughs>